going to pick up a little bit where I was at this morning. I really feel it falls right in line with the move of God here tonight. Thank you. So good to see each one of you, all the guests. God bless you for being in here with us tonight to worship the Lord. Amen. God's been good to us. What a mighty, what a presence of the Lord that's in the house. What a touch of God has been in this place. I'll tell you what, I think some strongholds have been pulled down in this house tonight. Amen. I believe somebody's got some victory in this house tonight. And I'm glad to be a part of it. How about you? I, I, I probably will not be lengthy here. I don't think I will. We'll just see. Uh, I know I was lengthy this morning, and, and I'm not apologizing for that. Uh, I could have went another 30 minutes, an hour. But uh, anyway, we didn't. And uh, so we're going to try not to be so lengthy tonight. Amen. But uh, this ties in so well with uh, uh, just even the last statements that Brother Ford mentioned about making the noise and about why and how was the Apostle Paul and others of the disciples of Jesus Christ able to witness and able to testify and able, amen, to, to create such atmospheres, amen, as they did in the world that there was in. It's because they were persuading others or trying to persuade others that you can have the same liberty, you can have the same deliverance, you can experience this same God, amen. And so I want to talk a little bit tonight, if you don't mind, amen, just on a simple thing and, and it's connected with our lesson this morning. Uh, the power of a godly sorrow. Don't underestimate the power, amen, of a godly, I said, I think, uh, uh, godly sorrow. Amen. The power of a godly sorrow. There is a vast difference between the two. And there are some things that actually takes place to the individual. Amen. In their own heart and their own life and their spirit and their whole makeup. Amen. Whenever they have come to that place and come into that arena. Amen. To this almighty God. Amen. And become broken before him and let him be the God of their lives. But if you got your Bible would like to turn with us. Amen. Uh, uh, maybe we'll go to Psalms 38. Uh, first two verses there is where this kind of spring from. Amen. I, I want to bring it to your hearing here tonight. Praise God. It's, it's not in this part. I wouldn't plan it, but anyway. 38, 1 and 2. I believe it is. No, it's 32, 1 and 2. I'm sorry. I got too many Psalms. Uh, but God's going to help us. Amen. It's still early. Got plenty of time. Praise God. That's... that's um, Psalms 32, 1 and 2. I want you to listen to it. Blessed bless is he whose transgression is forgiven. Whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no guile. Ponder that a second. Has anybody been blessed like that? Everything that got the Holy Ghost ought to have been screaming right there. Yeah! I've, I've tasted it. I've experienced it. Well, I ain't fell off my rocker. <laughs> Y'all look at me like I did, but I'm telling you I didn't. This is the power of the testimony. This is reason, amen, people that may have been addicted with drugs and alcohol and these kind of lifestyles, such as the lunatic. <laughs> what did Jesus tell him to do? The lunatic wanted to go with him. He said, no. He said, I want you to go back home. He said, I want you to tell your, your family, your friends. I want you to tell them what I've done for you. 
I want you to tell them how you've been set free. I want you to tell them, I want you to express it. This joy is not controlled by money. This joy is not controlled by health. This joy is not controlled, I mean, by the external fence. It's not even controlled by the devil. I got a joy on the inside of me of being set me free. Amen. Because he that the Son is set free is free indeed. I'm not bound to nothing but the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not even a debtor to the flesh. I'm not really a debtor to this nation. I'm a debtor to Jesus Christ and the gospel of the Lord. And that power and authority flows in all times and all circumstances and all situations. I can find myself in the wilderness. I can find myself in the desert. But with joy, I can draw out of the wells and the desert. Hallelujah. And to be an expression to everybody else that this is the way, amen, to find your liberty. Praise God. Praise God. God's good in this house tonight. Lord, we love and appreciate you. We're so thankful to have the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord, to be with your people. What a great host that's here tonight to hear your word, to feel your touch and your presence. And Lord, the reign of this service, we pray for nothing but the Father's will in this house, upon every heart, upon every soul. And we would receive a revelation in this house tonight of just how blessed we really are with you in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord bless you and you may be seated. Maybe I'll let the cat out too quick. I'm not really asking for a response here. But has anybody ever been pardoned? I'm talking about in the natural. Anybody ever got arrested for something and you had to face a judge? And uh, possibly even guilty. But for one reason or another, the judge decided to pardon you. I heard this week in uh, Middenhouse or whatever, the young 18-year-old boy that was part of the deal of shooting, I think about three people. I heard some of them come to the store and they was talking about it. And... Uh, the expression on that boy as the foreman of that jury began to read and call these individuals' names and all the, all the things that were against him. And, and they said, standing there and pretty calm, whatever to start with. And no doubt, you know, fear. I'm, come on, he's only 18, 17 when he'd done this. I'm not saying this, amen, far against. I know there they, they're some far, some against it. You know, it's amazing to me, though. We only believe in our system when it's in our favor. <laughs> Amen. And other times it's crook and not wrong, done this and done that. But anyway, and I didn't throw that out there. I'm just telling you that's the way we are. And, uh, but anyway, as they begin to read it, from what I understand, you know, reading each one's name, we find him not guilty. We find him not guilty. And I, I think maybe after the second one, or I don't remember how many it was. I know he killed three, but I don't know how many charges are against him. But about the third, he said, said, you could tell his face. said, he began to shake, and you could tell he was. And said, finally, when they got to the last one, he finally just loses and just collapsed. Because he had been pardoned. He had been found not guilty. Amen. Praise God. 
you know, we're going to go, we, we face another court. But the verdict is really not the same. It's really not. All of us knows before we ever enter that court, because the Bible, and we heard that this morning, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all have dropped the ball. We've all, amen, have, have, have kept the law in a measure that it should have been kept. Amen. But thank God there is one. And his name is Jesus. And now through this one called Jesus, that regardless of the crimes that I've committed, regardless of the transgressions that I've committed, regardless, amen, and you can go as David had to face, amen, the judgment against him for murder, the judgment against him for adultery, the judgment against him for lying, the judgment against him for him to try to arrange and maneuver and reset, amen, everything in the way it was. But now when we go to Psalms 51, we're going to see an example, amen, of just how amen to follow amen how to overcome and how to win this battle I watch some of you tonight and if somehow if by the grace of God if I can get you and persuade you if you'll just come and fall on the rock and become broken on the rock see you're going to face the rock you're either going to face the rock amen and fall on it and become broken hallelujah and you watch this I felt this in the Holy Ghost you know the difference in our God when you come and fall on the rock and become broken he'll pick up the pieces amen and put you back together but he will not pick up the pieces as always a thorn in your side. He will not pick up the pieces. Amen. There's always a hindrance. He'll put you back together in a form and a fashion like no other God can do it. He'll put you back together and make your life better than what it was. He'll put something inside of you that you can walk down the highways and the byways and there's something that can flow out of your life and persuade your neighbor and even persuade your enemy. That's a different human being. That's a different character. He is not the same. I tell you, he's experienced something. Hallelujah. He's experienced a touch in his life. And so when you go back to Psalms 32, blessed, happy. When's the last time you got beside yourself that you've been forgiven? When's the last time you had a love affair with Jesus over, over just the fact that he had compassion and grace and mercy upon us? When's the last time you really looked back at it and said, you know what? I'm blessed. He's covered my sin. He's blotted out my transgressions. And watch this. Only God, through Jesus Christ, can do this. No religion. You can go through all the confessions you want to go through. But they're outside, amen, the true confession to Jesus Christ. And true confession to God Almighty. He's the only one that can erase them. Watch this. I was going to go through Psalms 51 and I may come back to it. But Isaiah 43 and 25 says, I even I am he that blotted out thy transgressions. For my own sake will I not remember thy sins. 
Isaiah 44 and 22 says, and I know this is Israel and their transgressions, but it's the same way for you and I. I have brought it out as a thick cloud, thy transgressions. As a cloud, thy sins return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. When's the last time you got so beside yourself? Hallelujah. Could this be? Hey, Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, let's don't underestimate the power of a godly sorrow and the results thereof that changes us from the inside out that changes our heart that changes our spirit that changes our love that changes our mind hey, that makes us a new creation that causes us to love the things that we want to hate and hate the things we want to love and if there is a lackness of that you're going to have to go back What's this? Sister Buford mentioned right before prayer. Just talked about the lesson a little bit. And I made this statement to her. I said this right here. Could be the route to revival. This right here. <laughs> Falling on the rock. If you and I don't fall on the rock. You will see the day when the rock will fall on you and grind you like powder. It's a day to fall on the rock. But I believe the root to it is having a godly sorrow. Not just a man's sorrow. Not just a caught sorrow. But a godly sorrow. A godly sorrow rides with you. It goes a long ways in accomplishing and achieving things. Hallelujah. This is where I believe David got when you go to Psalms 51. I believe it was almost like he was blinded as he went through the process. Amen. But you can watch him as he begins to talk about things beginning to happen. And so let's just go through the example for just a minute. Amen. And let's just look at what he wrote unto us in Psalms 51. We'll try. I don't know if we'll go all 19 verses, but we'll see. Have mercy upon me. O God, according to thy loving kindness, not according to my powers, not according to my position, not according, amen, who I am, but amen, have mercy upon me according to your loving kindness. Hallelujah. There's another place in Psalm he talks about me. Hallelujah. Not to judge him during the time of his anger and when he's furish. Hallelujah. Oh no, God. I want you to judge me. Amen. When you're when you're long suffering and you're kind and you're gentle. Amen. So oh, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitudes of thy tender mercies, but out my transgressions. Hallelujah, folks. I tell you, there's not a, a better life to live than to know when you lay your head on that pillar that you're all right with your maker and you're all right with your brothers and sisters and you're all right with your family. There's not a greater comfort. Money can't buy it. Positions can't, can't bring it to you. There's not a greater joy, amen, than to know that everything inside of you is right with God Almighty and right with your Creator and you're walking up right before Him and you letting that be known to everybody else as we acknowledge him in all of our ways whenever that was bound and that was shackled down and they look at you and you live in a life of liberty and you live in a life of overcoming and there's a joy flowing out of you hallelujah that's where we give them the testimony it's not my goodness it's not by my powers but I'm telling you this is a power amen of having a godly sorrow of my transgressions this is the results that I get there's a spirit that has captivated our country a spirit, I got a right. I got my rights. 
I want to do this. I want to do that. I ought to have a right. Some of those rights is the very rights that's going to cause this, ju- this nation to come under judgment. If we keep opening up to them and giving to them. Because they don't understand really. Those rights that they're asking for are ungodly and unacceptable. And will stop the flow and the blessings of the Lord. But if my people which call by name will humble themselves and pray. And turn from their wickedness. I'll heal their lands. I'm sure everybody under the sound of my voice tonight Holy Ghost or not will have to confess tonight. I haven't always done everything just right. Hallelujah. I need his mercy. I need his grace. I need him. Amen. To help me along this journey. He says wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Hey, nobody can wash you like Jesus can wash you. Amen. They can take out the iniquity and the power there. We can't compete against iniquity. You can't outmaneuver the spirit of iniquity. Hallelujah. I'm telling you somewhere along the journey you're going to have to deal with it. Somewhere along conversations and ways and, and conducts. Hallelujah. As hard as you and I may try and take pride. Amen. Of living godly and living upright. I'm telling you because of this earth and nature that we're living in. We're still going to find ourselves going back to an old altar. We're going to find ourselves going back. Amen. Repenting and dying out and crying. Amen. And becoming a broken vessel before God all over again. It's never along the journey. I'm telling you it's going to happen. It's going to take place. That we're going to need the washing. Amen. To wash me thoroughly for my iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my transgressions. You've got to confess it first. <laughs> Praise God. You can't always just take up for your feelings or take up for your thoughts and take up. Well, I have a reason. I've got, I got, I got a good reason to feel this way. i got a good reason, God, not to worship you. God, you better be glad I just showed up. <laughs> now, we don't, we don't say that. And I'm sure we're pretty careful to try not to think that. But our actions, our actions sometimes can, can send that message. <laughs> Praise God. Watch the next verse. This is one we need to get an understanding of. I, I worked on this this morning about the brothers in Canaan. So I built to this. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. When you and I come to the true revelation, the understanding that every transgression, regardless of who it may be against, it's an act against God. And it doesn't matter how small or big it is. It's an act against God. And that changes the ball game. It really does. But here David understood. Even though he had done Uriah wrong. He really did. You know I thought about something and studying this and praying over it. I'm going to say something I've never heard nobody say. And I believe, I believe in Uriah. I believe that he was loyal. But I also believe it was nothing but the hand of God that kept him. Or Uriah wouldn't have been able to do what he'd done. Because God had set out to expose the man called David. Because David had to be exposed and confess. Or he would wound up lost. And undone.
Some events that happens in our lives and exposure of our lives is because we was unwilling to confess it. And God was unwilling to just let it go by. God loved us enough, amen, for it to be exposed. So this loyalty, amen, that's on behalf of this man, that even when David got him drunk, he wasn't willing to go to his own house. But we live in a nation today that you under the right influences, they blame that and not the vessel. It causes a problem. But even when the devil, I could say maybe, or carnality, or David trying his best to cover it up, wouldn't work. Because God had stepped in on the scene. And it's going to make sure that everybody knew what was going on. That's a God that loves us tonight, church. That's a God that cares about us. That he just won't let things if we're willing to confess it, if we're willing to, you ain't got to advertise it. I talked about that this morning. But I'll tell you what you got to do. You got to acknowledge it unto him. You got to come to him and say, God, I've sinned. God, I realize I'm wrong. I'm wrong for whatever it might be, whatever actions, whatever direction, whatever failure, whatever, whatever you, you put, you fill in the blank. But we got to do. And so David... How long had he wrestled with this? How long had he addressed with this? Believe it or not, this, this, the, the, the repenting, there's about, I'm going to guess at this, but there's about six different Psalms that's written on this same course and setting. Psalm 6, 32, 38, I think 41, 112, 51. All of these on the same topic and same area. Amen. About True repentance. About a brokenness. A broken heart. As you're going to see in these scriptures. A broken heart. And a contrite spirit. God will not turn away. Our need for God. And the touch of God. And the power of God. To be activated in our lives. I'm telling you tonight folks. I want to go back to some old fashioned altars. I want to go back to some old fashioned moves of God. And I'm about to come to the conclusion that one of the things that's going to help us the most, hey man, is go back to some old fashioned repentance, some old fashioned confession. Hallelujah. I hear some of our Brush Harbor people tell us, hey amen, how they would be coming, to, they would be crawling through the sawdust, crying and screaming and asking God, have mercy, have mercy. They had done this and done that. And you'd be shocked the more lives some of them lived compared to some lives of our day. Morality of our nation today, I'm telling you, is far, far away from where it used to be. Into what they consider sin. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity. 
And in seeing did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth. Watch this. This is the only God that can put truth. What? In the inward parts. And in the hidden parts that thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Truth has got to abide in here. Truth is always right. Truth will, will, will create its own passion. Truth will create its own desire. Truth will create an energy. It doesn't matter if anybody else is doing or not. Because truth is in the inward parts. You're going to do what's right. You're going to talk right. You're going to live right. You want to give yourself unto God because why I want truth on the inward part because there's nothing like that feeling hallelujah when that moment that time amen in a godly sorrow and all my sins is washed away and all the guilt and shame amen was conquered amen there's not a greater lifting there's not a greater joy there's not a greater peace amen that enters the mind and the heart of the soul and the spirit of an individual than something like this We go through some scriptures here tonight. With the help of the Lord. It goes through this Psalms. It talks about creating me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. David didn't even have the Holy Ghost. But he's talking like he did. He's talking like he's experienced to walk with God. I just wonder, even though the scriptures that relate unto it, but this, most believe that he dealt with this over a year before Nathan ever showed up. There's some Psalms that's likened unto it that talks about it the misery. Broken bones, the misery of his nights, knowing what he had done, knowing what he had been exposed. But it took the man of God to come and really turn the light on and put him in the spotlight and help him to understand. But watch this 13th verse, and this is the reason I went back to Psalms 51. This is a focus verse for tonight out of this chapter. Listen what he says. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. God, if you'll cleanse me. God, if you'll wash me. God, if you'll create that right spirit in me. I'll win somebody. I'll convert somebody. I'll persuade somebody. It's... it's, it's Actually, actually, it's absolutely impossible not to impact somebody. Not when you had a godly sorrow and he washed you and he cleansed you and he turned you around. It's impossible for you to hide it. It's impossible. It's like taking the candle, putting it on the candlestick. It's like taking the city and putting it on the hill. Hallelujah. When this godly sorrow, amen, that blots out all the transgressions, that takes out all the guilt. Go back to that second verse. And there's no, no guile in his spirit. There's no envy. There's no strife. There's no bitterness. There's no jealousy. Hallelujah. You, 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 won't, you, won't, you, won't, you won't cast out against your brother and sister. You'll be careful what you say. You'll be careful what you go. You'll be careful what, you'll be careful what you join hands with. You'll be careful who you join up with. You'll be careful in all these things. You'll be careful on that internet. Hallelujah, where you're going and what buttons you're punching. Why? 
because I don't find myself back in that transgression. I don't find myself back in that condition. I don't find myself, amen, hallelujah, having to come back again and begging God to forgive me and begging God, amen, to take this condemnation out of me and taking this sin out of me. In fact, if you watch some of it and watch and read some of those Psalms, it relates a lot of it to sickness in the body. Don't take this wrong. Your pastor don't believe that all sickness is because of sin. But your pastor believes in this Bible has taught. Some sickness is results of sin. It's a byproduct, but it's there. Don't underestimate the power of a godly sorrow. The strength and the energy and the power to live the life that God wants you to live. <laughs> to walk in the measure and the power of it. Blessed, happy, overcoming. Hallelujah. Joy unspeakable. Full of glory. You won't sit around like a tadpole. Hallelujah. All puffed up about everything. Every morning grumbling about this and mumbling about that and complaining about this. Oh no man. I'm right with my maker. I got something bubbling on the inside of me. I got something moving on my behalf. Hallelujah. That you can't find in any other place. You can't find in another other area. Only this God amen, can make me clean. Only this God can lift these burdens. Only this God can take away the shames. Only this God amen, can keep amen, my passions and my desires in the place that they belong. That I can walk in the powers of his love and the power of his spirit. Amen. I promise you God. As you do that, I promise you, hallelujah, I'm going to persuade that transgressor. I'm going to persuade, amen, that sinner. This is the life to live. Colossians 2, he talks about the writing out of the handwritings of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us and opposite in nature of direction. It's, it's, it was, huh. you know, if we could have done this by the flesh, the law would have been sufficient. But because of weakness of flesh, we couldn't do it. So that's the need, and that's the reason. If you go back and read in Colossians 2 and 12, bear with him in baptism. Jesus' name, baptism, is a must. If you're going to live an overcoming life and a victorious life, it's a must. It's not an option. Wherein also as he arisen with him through the faith of the operation of God. Do you know what he's talking about? Receiving the Holy Ghost. Risen with him. All said and done by the book. When you put down in that watery grave, you ought to come up in newness of life. It's a promise to receive the Holy Ghost immediately, instantly, from that poem at home. If you have not got the Holy Ghost. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Can I ask us a question tonight? Well, I know it's took a little, t- little turn, but 
It's okay. I kind of asked this same question this morning, but maybe, maybe just a little different. How many in the house feels that you have no transgression whatsoever? <laughs> I appreciate y'all's looks. Uh, <laughs> some of you are scared to smile. Some of you are scared to... I understand. I, it's, not, it's not a loaded question. It really is not. Let me go back to, let me go back to that area. Did you know, and again, please, I don't want to, I'm not stirring up this argument. Okay. Old songs, new songs, and all this stuff. But I will tell you this. A lot of the old songs reminded us of what we was delivered from. And it kept it fresh in our lives. Don't take this wrong. I've noticed a lot of new songs, not the ones we sing necessarily, but just songs. And they're, if we're not careful, they want to <laughs> compromise in, 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 in saying, you know, it's all right to continue that. God understands in that, in that shortcoming. Right. Now, let me watch this. How many of you remember I said something about the... the Water level, the, the the line, the mark. What is the grades today? What are they? What's the A? Ninety to hundred. You know what an A was when I went to school? Ninety-five to hundred. Now what? Now, children, don't get mad at me, okay? I didn't make A's. <laughs> now, did we make you smarter? By lowering the watermark? We didn't. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you've seen somebody have a godly sorrow and repent? I'm not being ugly. I'm trying to be a pastor and I'm trying to get us somewhere. And we're a long ways, but we're getting there. How long has it been since you... Are you seeing anybody have a godly sorrow and repent? Can I safely say probably years? I'm not being ugly. But I'm telling you, if we're not careful, even we as apostolic Pentecostals, we have lowered the mark. God didn't. We have. Now, an A is from 90 to 100. So B is probably from 80 to 90. I'd have made a few B's in school. <laughs> By the 80 mark, not the 90. <laughs> 80 to 90. Then a C is 70 to 80. And so you're passing with a 60? Oh, we got it 65. Okay, we have that. Okay. 65. 65. Back in my day, if you made a 69, you meant to carry home some flags with the orange circle around them. 
That's when you hid your port card and told mama you didn't have one. <laughs> uh, what port card? It ain't six weeks, mama. <laughs> and so now we decided to lower. We've done that with salvation. We've done that with God. We've done that in the house of God. We've done that showing up to the house of God. We're not careful. We've done that in our homes. Some things that we wouldn't even touch or conversation about. Man, we have conversation today just about, about anything and everything, even in the presence of our babies. Please don't, don't be offended. I don't know why I got on this, but I'm on it. Praise God. I'm talking about a godly sorrow, though. I'm talking about a sorrow, buddy. I'm telling you, you'll, you'll watch every word. You'll watch every action. I'm telling you, you will. You know why? You want to please God. It's not that you're trying to please man. Watch this. I ask God tonight, right here, right here. When that move of God and that presence of God come in this house. God, you help me. I don't want to be a thief. I don't want my actions or my conduct, amen, in any form or fashion to be a robber about any of it. God, hear me. You know why? Because I know just how easy it is to grieve the Holy Ghost. I know that. I understand. It's a lot easier than you might think to grieve the Holy Ghost and stop it. This lesson, I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's deep. It's, 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 it's just unbelievable. How, how, how in-depthness would you really begin to understand about a godly sorrow? And, and it's, it works continually in our lives on a continual basis. It changes us. If we had to write evangelists to grace this pulpit, they, some of you wouldn't talk to one another like you do. Now, I'm a little hesitant. I, I don't try to embarrass nobody. I try to be a little. I mean, I got to see you every day. If Angela's, he can jump on you, make you mad, and leave. I don't get that privilege. I got to come back and see you tomorrow. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but as we. Heading into all of that. And hey, God's doing some awesome things. I'm not saying God's, God's, I'm telling you, God's working, folks. God's working. I'm telling you, God is working. He's working for us. Because I want us to make it. I, I've seen some here already. You was headed, you was headed out, John. But I've already seen a turn. I see it coming back. God's working. It's a God thing. I promise you that. It's a God thing. I got a lot more pages here, and I know it's it's just not God's will. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge and all this. I'm just gonna So the same way with repentance. There there is a sorrow. 
Paul's writings into the Corinthian church, the first letter, it made them sorry. It made them sorrowful enough that they actually, they got upset, they got mad, and they'd done something about what was going on in their church. And um, then he comes back in the second writings, and I, I want to bring something out to you. This is what godly sorrow would do for us. It's, it's, it's really amazing when you really begin to look at it. He actually starts about the ninth verse. Now rejoice not that he were made sorry, but that he sorrowed to repentance. For he were made sorry after a godly manner that he might receive damage by us in nothing. Amen. In, in other words, you know, you, you wouldn't have to suffer at our hands and at our judgment. Because he's basically telling them, when I showed up, buddy, I'm going to embarrass all of y'all. I'll call you up. We'll tell you what you're doing. And we'll put you in your place. And... But because you have had a sorrow and a godly sorrow. <laughs> For godly sorrow, watch this. Watch this. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Not to repentant of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Just a show of sorrow, just a worldly sorrow, just a caught sorrow. It doesn't change us. And so we, all it's going to work is a permanent death. Because without a godless sorrow, a man, true repentance is not taking place. But when you have a godly sorrow, you don't go back to it so easy. You don't go back and pick it up so quick. Watch the 11th verse. Watch what this godly, godly sorrow does. I know it's kind of Sunday school and I hope it ain't boring you. But, but I tell you what, if, if you'll get a revelation of it, if you had never experienced it. And really, if you got the Holy Ghost, you experienced it at least once in your life. But I have a feeling we probably don't experience it as, as often as we should. Okay. So watch this 11th verse. Watch what godly sorrow done. That worldly sorrow could not do. For behold, this self-same thing that he sorrowed after a godly sort. What carefulness it wrought in you. Man, you begin to take note and begin to say, hey, uh, what else is going on? What else may be trench? What else is in my heart or my mind or my God? How much am I? You start, you start, you start waking up. You start observing. You start taking note. And you know what? We may all be surprised if we really begin. We start having communion about once a month. Anybody get stirred up about communion? I remember a time when this church here almost going to three day fast when we was going to have communion. But you know that's even slipped away. But we are warned in the scriptures about taking it unworthily. Now I think we can take that to the extreme. But just taking it for a show and for a put on. And no, I'm telling you this is the only savor. This is the only lamb. 
There's nobody can blot out our sins except Jesus Christ. There's no other blood but except Jesus Christ. There's no other gospel except the good tidings of Jesus Christ and the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no salvation outside of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost or the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'm telling you, Scripture, there's no other, there's no, no, no options there. And we do not need to let that slip away from us, regardless of the pressure. That may be put upon us. We must hold on to that. And you know the beginning of it. Is a godly sorrow. Conviction. Could it be the lack of godly sorrow. Helps control conviction. Well I'm jumping. (laughs) If you got convictions. She's got convictions, and you got convictions. And if we have enough, what's, what's going to But if we begin to lose those convictions, and you begin to lose yours, and this will lose theirs, and this will lose, and I and the pastor begin to lose his, where's conviction going? Folks, I'm telling you, there's a tie-in. There's a tie-in. If we think that we can come into the house of God and be real effective bypassing altars, it'll never happen. It never happened in the Old Testament and it won't happen in the New Testament. You and I cannot discipline ourselves well enough to not visit the altar. Now watch this. Where did the fire come from for the, for the incense? Where did it come from? The altar of incense didn't have a fire. So where did the fire come from? For this can be with the aroma and, and the acceptance and the power of it. And I'm talking about all of our worship, not just, but from here. We'll start from here. We'll start from right here. There's got to be a fire brought from that altar first. And there's no need of a fire without a sacrifice. You see, a godly sorrow, the power, the flow. How many is experiencing the liberty you like to, you like to experience? You don't have to show a hand. How many is living the freedom you want to live in? How many feels the joy of the Lord? How many, you know, man, you get up morning and... You have your little prayer meet, my God, and you go to work. Man, you just, you just, you know. <laughs> When's the last time you accused of having too much Holy Ghost? Man, you too churchy. <laughs> man, you come up, show up in on Monday mornings. We all in the blues. We got Monday and all week to go. You come in here snapping around, man. You so happy. Well, if you got drunk off what I got drunk off last night. You got cleanse like I got cleanse last night. If you got the burdens rolled off you like I got the burdens rolled off of me last night, honey. You got something flowing out of you that the blues on a Monday morning won't affect. I'm not real smart, but folks, I'm telling you, I'm a hold of something here. And if we'll plant it in our lives, folks, I'm going to tell you, there's no telling what's going to happen in Bendale, Mississippi. Because if we start having that godless soul in such a fashion, such a form, I'm gonna tell you what. I'll tell you what to help us. You start having a godly sorrow. Uh, 
you, you won't be worrying about those standards. The standards are set for this church is really, really no problem at all. They're not in no extremes whatsoever. They really, they're not. You don't have a problem with paying tithes, giving offerings, and showing up to work, and showing up to church. And but you know what I got to do? I got to get back in that place with that personal relationship with him. That he can convict my heart. I mean, have you ever been driving down a road, got that, got that GPS, with that woman's voice? <laughs> I don't know why they've done that, but anyway, here we go. And that thing's telling you to go in a certain, certain place. And, uh, you know, sometimes it does pretty good, and sometimes it don't. Or maybe sometimes I do a good job interpreting it, sometimes I don't. <laughs> then all of a sudden I realized that was the red light. Now, can I, just by experience, I don't listen to her from that point. I quit listening to her until I get back to where I'm going. Because she'll send me a mile down the road when there was three or four U-turns I could have done made before. <laughs> so I don't listen to her. If you listen to your flesh and you listen to your buddies and you listen to the devil, you'll never make a U-turn. Just a little bit for one more service, one more day. Just just another, another just leave me another year. I, I'm just in my teen years. I'm just in, I'm just. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take the first opportunity I got, man. I'll turn around. Want a brother forward. We'll take the first opportunity we get. Turn around, won't we? We'll run up an exit ramp, won't we? I mean, it was dark. No lights were coming. We was on 59. And you know, that's a long ways before you can turn around. So me and that Crown Vic just... Boop, boop, I ain't telling y'all to do that. <laughs> Some things you don't... As long as I follow Christ, I wasn't following Christ right there, okay? Hallelujah. But I wasn't interested in going way down yonder to turn around either. I look, the sooner you and I turn around, that's the same way repentance works. As soon as you're convicted, as soon as the Holy Ghost or the Word of God convicts you, immediately if you're starting, I'm going to repent. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn. You know, it saves a lot of, a lot of heartache. It saves a lot of pain. It saves a lot of struggle. Because here's the deal. If you don't repent, and it can just be a small thing, but after a while, that causes a little callousness. After a while, judgment doesn't come very quick and Proverbs warns us about that and after a while even as Holy Ghost filled people it'll be another little situation come up and then after a while another little dilemma and somebody else will say a little something else and after a while you got a mountain built up and you had not done anything about it but then all of a sudden the power Pouring your soul out. I'll be honest with you, I've tore up a few rocking chairs. <laughs> I start out pretty easy sometimes. But sometimes when God gets a hold of me in that rocking chair, buddy. <laughs> Like horns on a halter. 
you get to weeping and you get to crying and you get to begging and you get to, oh God, you've got to help me. You've got to come. You've got to rescue me. I, I'm a mess. I'm, a, I'm telling you, I've got to have some help. And you really start pouring it out. You don't, you don't care what everybody thinks. You don't care who's walking by. You don't worry about none of that. i just got to be touched by you, God. I'm telling you, vitamins is not going to help me. Hallelujah, this is not going to help me. That's a, I need you. I need your touch. I need you to lift me. I need you to move in my heart. I need to repent, God. i got to get this right. And i got to get it right tonight. I'm not going to bed with it tonight. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to feel that touch. I'm going to feel that cleansing power. I'm going to get it under the blood. I'm going to get it under my feet. I'm going to get the victory. I know where to come. I know how to come. I know what name to call on. Godly sorrow. Because if I offend one of you, I've offended him. Sister Boy, I'm come. Get ready. He's been a presence of the Lord here with us this afternoon, today. If you haven't read that lesson, I'd encourage you to go back. I, I could have, there was a lot in it. I even brought the book. I thought maybe, uh, but time just won't allow us. I've actually got two or three more pages of scriptures, amen, that we could have brought to our hearing here tonight. Such as like Micah. 7 and 18, he's 7 and 18 says, Who is a God like unto thee? Listen to what's being said. What, what are we supposed to be doing? As witnesses and vessels of God. What's, what's our call? What's our responsibility? I don't care who you are. If you have the Holy Ghost, what's your responsibility? Bringing people to Christ. Pointing them to Jesus. That's, that's our job. I'm not Jesus. You know? I can't solve all of your problems. I can't solve all of your dilemmas. But I tell you what, I can point you to one that I've tried and has proven to himself. Amen. And so that's, that's what flows out of us. When all of that's been lifted out of our spirit and all that's been lifted out of our hearts and, and there's nothing in there to hinder that flow of God. You think the devil's constantly trying to mess everything up. He wants to stop the flow of the water. He wants to stop the flow. He wants to put something. He don't care. So Micah. Micah says. Who is a God like unto thee. That pardoneth iniquity. And passes by the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance. And retaineth not his anger forever. Because he delighteth in mercy. You know my heart goes out. To, especially to parents that may have had children. That committed some crime or something you know I'm talking about some way out there no doubt they probably ponder in their minds and their hearts you know what happened what did we do what 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 would cause this individual to but they can never still deny that that's my child and even times like that they would like to cry out for mercy 
have mercy, compassion. How much more than our Heavenly Father, as you stand in this house tonight, who loves us with an everlasting love, who knows us, our intents, our thoughts, our passions. He knows our understandings. He knows our skills and talents and abilities. He knows how to save us. He, he has delight in mercy and showing compassion in redeeming and atoning and bringing us back into fellowship and fellowship with Him. You see, that was what was lost in the garden. It's fellowship with Him. Companionship with Him. What about it tonight, church? How long has this been? Since you just got beside yourself is in Psalms. How blessed I am that my transgressions have been blotted out. How blessed I am that my sins have been covered. How blessed I am just to be called a Holy Ghost filled child of God. How blessed I am that I know what name to call on. How blessed I am to have a church to come to. A family that loves God. A family that cares about me. A family that cares about the will of God in my life. Oh, how blessed I am tonight. To be a Pentecost. To be a one God Pentecost. To have a real revelation and an insight of being baptized in Jesus' name. Having an experience of the Holy Ghost in my life. Having people involved in my life to help me to walk this straight and narrow pathway. I'm blessed tonight, God, for your mercy and your long-suffering and your grace. Oh, there was times you could have thrown me out and out in the potter's field and just left me, but no, no. Oh, I had to be broken, and I had to fall on the rock. It had to be broken. But God, you're the one. You're the one. You're the one. You're the one that can take Humpty Dumpty, even though he fell. Although you're the one that can put him back together. You're the one. What about it tonight? How hungry are you to have a fellowship with God? How hungry are you to have an experience with God? How hungry are we tonight to have a genuine, real walk with God? How hungry are we tonight to allow God to operate through us and flow through us? Hallelujah. Where there's no blemishes and there's no spots and there's no wrinkles. That's the vessel that Paul likened us unto. How can this be? Godly sorrow. Living a repentant life. Day in and day out, God. Put a watchman, God. Put a watchman at my door. Create in me a right spirit. Oh, help me tonight, God. Help me tonight, God, to be a soul winner. Help me tonight to be a fisherman of men. Help me have a love for your word and a love for the things of God. Love for the commandments and statues and principles. Hallelujah. The things that's written in that word about you, oh God, have a love for it. This separated life is, is a beautiful life. This sanctified life is an awesome life. It really is. Amen. What a beautiful... These altars are open. If you feel to come pray, if you want to come talk to God. Hallelujah. 
I want that searchlight upon me. I can just imagine the Mary, the Mary, a man that the Bible talks about. A man as Simon looked upon her. And then they got Mary Magdalene. A man. Not sure if it's St. Mary or not. Possibly not. Some says. We don't know. But, but, but yet Mary Magdalene. A man. As, as we know that she comes in with the alabaster box. And she, she opens it. And here, here and he talks about the one that was delivered. What? From seven demons. Seven demons. Hallelujah. Oh what an experience. No doubt of being set free. And, and being delivered. How long has it been? Since we really just got beside ourselves. That the burdens are rolled away. That the blemish is washed away. Hallelujah. They were sanctified. They were justified. And we made right in the sight of the living God tonight. How blessed we really are as His people to bear His name. As His people, amen, to have His Spirit in our lives. Have His mercy and grace and kindness and long serve working on our behalf day in and day out to keep us in a raptured condition. To keep us in a place, hallelujah, to walk with Him and His goodness and grace and mercy. What a mighty God we serve in this house tonight. God bless you. God bless the singers.
dust the ground breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul you help us God not to give our soul to no other not to sell our soul out watch this a godly sorrow begins and open up chambers and avenues and places in our most inward being that possibly we've never let anybody or anything to penetrate. Maybe it's a scar from just imaginations. Maybe it's a scar from way back from words or actions and deeds that was taken, but yet it's there. David writes about them. He talks about them being such a way that it actually becomes infested becomes a place like that <laughs> but a godly sorrow that brings healing to it that brings cleansing to it a man that purges it the pure in heart is going to see God the pure in heart is going to see God it's impossible to have a pure heart without having a godly repentance and sorrow along the journey as your pastor, I want to experience it more. And I believe it's going to bring some old-time conviction back into our services. I believe it's going to help be a root of revival and bring in some, some, some moves of God that are stir some people that hadn't been stirred in a long time. It's a start of it tonight, a start of it. Amen. I thank God for it. I thank you tonight. Man, 
faithfulness and commitment and as we yield and humble ourselves unto the Lord. Amen. Let God work for us. Let God work for us. Love you. Appreciate you. You may be seated. Let's don't forget Tuesday night service will be changed to Tuesday night, not Wednesday night. Midweek service this coming week is going to be on Tuesday night. Thanksgiving night, testimony night. Uh, a lot of you will stay home, but that's, you know, if you ain't got nothing to testify God about, I'm putting the pressure on you, ain't I? Praise God. Everybody can get up and say, hey, God's been good to me. You can get up and say, God's been good to me. He got 26 fixed. God's been good to me. COVID didn't get me. God's been good to me. I got another week, another year. We're not in competition with one another. It's just something we just kind of set aside and give everybody. We used to have testimony services and every service. We just kind of got away from it one reason or another. But you've got got an opportunity of thanksgiving, just being thankful. God's been good to us. He's blessed us. You know what? We got to pray for our nation. Got to pray for our country. Amen. Praise God. I heard some talking about, you know, going to Walmart and them, them shelves being empty. That's what Thanksgiving's all about. That's what, that's the original beginning of Thanksgiving. Man, they'd get together and throw a feast and the harvest would come in. And it's a likeness, amen, to the Old Testament, of the harvest, amen. Man, we take it right on to Pentecost and souls, but, but you know what? I thank God for farmers and I thank God for men and women that's willing to pay the price and put forth the effort. And, and then I thank God for his blessings because if he doesn't bless it, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Amen. We need those rains. We need those seasons in our lives. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Any announcements?